What's going on guys, it's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video, and you guys really enjoyed the last time I talked about my uh, semester in college with the terrible roommate who owned the cat. Like, you guys really, really, really liked that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I figured that I would go ahead and uh, make another video about some experiences that I had in my dorm room where somebody broke into my dorm and stole stuff. And by broke in, I mean I'm 95% sure that my roommate let somebody in to take stuff. And, and I'm not a fan, okay? Like, I, I can't confirm it. There's no proof. But I'm 90% sure that my evil roommate just let a guy in and he stole my stuff. Uh, but before we get into that, if you guys could press the like button, I'd really appreciate it. Mainly because uh, I use likes to validate my social net worth. So uh, press the like button and without further ado, let's get into it. So when I was in college, I just started making YouTube videos. I bought myself a Blue Yeti, which is like a $120 microphone, which, you know, it, it was quite a bit of money to me at the time. I didn't have a job, I was literally just kind of living off my savings account. So it was an expensive microphone for me, but I really loved YouTube and I thought I could go somewhere with it, and it ended up being right. And uh, my roommate really hated the fact that I would do YouTube, because if you remember, he was staying up till 5 in the morning playing Korean StarCraft and screaming things at the television. Like, OSHIKAYONO HASHIKE! Uh, that's literally something that I've heard him say, I don't know what it means in Korean or if it even is Korean, maybe he was just making stuff up to mess with me. But that's stuff he would say, alright? So, when I would record videos at, uh, 10 a.m., which is reasonable, he would be asleep or in class. And sometimes when he was asleep, I- <laughs> It was rude, it was rude, I shouldn't have recorded videos while he was asleep. But this is the roommate that had locked a cat in the bathroom and made it piss all over the floor, alright? This is not a good roommate, so I didn't really care, I kinda did it to get back at him a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. So he really, really hated the fact that I was a YouTuber. And the only way that you could get into dorm rooms in our college is if you had a door key. And the door key, there was only four door keys. It was you, your roommate, and then the two people that you shared a bathroom with that had access to your rooms. And even then, there's an individual lock on the door of your room that we would always lock whenever we would both be gone. So one day I'm at class, I come back, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a video because my roommate's gonna be in class, and I start looking around the room, and I can't find my microphone. It was always on its little stand in front of my desk, and I cannot find it. There's nowhere for it to be. I'm going through all my clothes, maybe I left it in my car, I don't know. I'm just going around searching for my microphone, and I can't find it and I don't have a video for the day because at the time I was uploading daily and the only reason I thought it was stolen is because the two people we'll share a bathroom with say oh yeah there was some kid here earlier that claimed to be friends with your roommate and I'm like that's weird but that's the only person I think that's been in our room so my roommate gets back and I'm like yo I, I you know I don't mean to be accusatory here but I think your friend stole my microphone and the guy gets weirdly defensive like extremely defensive like how dare you accuse my friend of stealing your microphone I I, I would never I would never I'm leaving and he like slams the door and runs away which is a super Super weird reaction if you didn't do anything like that's like somebody being like oh man Did your friend maybe uh speed your car and you're like no he would never speed he is a Christian boy This is a Christian minecraft server. It's just a weird weird overreaction. So basically at this point. I, I think his 
like, he'll call me crazy here. Tinfoil hat time. I think my roommate hated the fact that I had a microphone, gave it to his friend and told him to take it and destroy it. Well, joke's on you because Blue Microphone has great customer service and they sent me a replacement immediately and I got my microphone. I couldn't record for a while. I had to use an old rock band microphone to record videos for a little bit. But regardless, I ended up finding out who the friend was, you know? It was my roommate's friend and after my roommate and I had to uh, never talk to each other again because of the cat situation, I ended up having a class with the guy who uh, <laughs> stole my microphone. Or at least I'm 90% sure stole my microphone. And uh, I ended up getting assigned to this guy to be his partner for a project where we had to record a movie. It was for an English class. I'm not really sure why we had to make a movie, but whatever. And he starts telling me about how he has this really nice microphone that we can use to record. And, and I'm giggling because I'm like, oh my god, I think he has my microphone. And just, just to be clear, I don't think he knew that I was blah blah blah's ex-roommate. I literally think my friend like brought him over to uh, our dorm and gave him my microphone and was like, oh, you can have it, it's mine. I, I don't think the guy did anything wrong because he was a really nice guy. He had a really strong moral conscience, so just to clarify, this is all on my roommate. So we go over to his house to record our movie thing with his microphone, and sure enough, it's a black blue Yeti, which I guess, technically, it could have been a situation where he just happened to have the same microphone. But let's think this through. My roommate, who hates my microphone, invites this guy over, my microphone goes missing, and then suddenly he has the same microphone. Mm, I, I don't like those odds, okay? That's a little sus, a little suspicious. Uh, but at the time, my YouTube channel was really starting to take off. I think I had like 40k subs, so it just wasn't worth it. He was a nice guy. I don't think he meant any harm, and if he did, well, then you're a sociopath because you faked a nice guy really well, okay, Ted Bundy? Chillax a little bit. Uh, but for my roommate, if you're listening to this, you're still an idiot. I hate you. Um, I, I'm really glad you lost your cat because you would torture it. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I never have to see you again. I really didn't like my roommate, guys, if you couldn't tell. If you guys haven't seen part one of this story, you guys should go check it out. Because uh, he was literally the worst roommate ever. Basically, he would lock our cat in the closet. Or not our cat, his cat in the closet. And make me take care of it because he just didn't want to when I never wanted the cat in the first place. And would just lie about everything to like the uh, RA assistants and get try to get me in trouble whenever he was doing something stupid. It was just not a good experience. But a uh, moral of the story is my uh, roommate basically got someone to uh, steal my microphone and I ended up seeing it later, later on in life. The story was uh, not as cool as I expected it to be, but I'm still going to upload it because I need uploads. You know, my first job was at a grocery store. And when I say it was a bad job, I mean it was a pretty bad job, you know? But a job a job you have to work hard I was working like 40 hours a week because I, I really liked money and uh, I had to do what I had to do I'm always been somebody who has a strong work ethic and like even though I hated my job I didn't mind doing it most of the time that being said I've got quite a few stories so uh <laughs> let's get into that sit back relax and enjoy and press the like button because I want you to so like I said my first job was in a grocery store and something you learn very quickly working retail or a grocery store job or any job with the public is that people can be really stupid and I mean really really stupid it was a pretty common occurrence at least three times a day for me to find a cart full of meat and milk just sitting randomly in the middle of the aisle. I don't know how long it's been there, but basically if it had been out there for more than 20 minutes, we had to throw everything away. And when I say this was happening one, two times a day, I mean it. And I guess my question for these people is, what? why get a cart full of expirable goods just to leave it in the middle of the aisle? Like, are you really in that much of a hurry? Oh man, I got a doctor's appointment at four. Better go load up my cart with eggs, milk, and meat so that way I can leave it in 20 minutes. It just never made sense. And the fact that this happened all the time, you know, I guess maybe once in a while your, your kid gets hit by an ice cream truck or something, you gotta leave your cart in the middle of the aisle. I, I guess it's fine. But how does this happen all the time? Is it a really common occurrence that people love to waste meat? Maybe it was PETA getting back at us for selling animal products. I'm not really sure. But all the time, people would just leave their carts with expirable goods in the middle of the aisle, and then I would have to clean it up. What would be worse is sometimes people would leave their carts in their parking lot, which is like you paid for your groceries, you got them to your car. Why just, <laughs> why not just put them in your car? 
car. It's not difficult. I'm really going to stick it to the man. I'm going to give them $300 for all this milk I just bought, and then I'm going to leave it in the parking lot so that way it's ruined forever. But the real worst part is uh, in Las Vegas, it gets to be like 115 degrees in the summertime, which means um, cold goods don't stay cold long. And one time, these people left their cart in the middle of the parking lot, you know, and they had a lot of milk. And something that you need to know is when milk heats up a lot, it gets gassy and it explodes. And uh, you know who always had to end up cleaning up milk explosions? Me. If you've ever had to clean up a 115 degree milk explosion that's been sitting in a parking lot for three hours, let me tell you, the smell is awful. I'm not even kidding when I tell you that they wouldn't even let me wear a mask, okay? Like, they just wouldn't. They'd be like, no, you don't need it. I'm like, uh, yeah, there, there's rotten milk exploded everywhere. I'm not doing this pro bono, okay? I better get a fat bonus for this. I'm not playing games out here. And don't even get me started on entitled soccer moms, alright? I happened to work at a grocery store that was in the middle of a really rich neighborhood, and I cannot begin to explain the entitlement that I would see out of these people. Like, soccer moms would just push their cart to me and be like, um, take care of this. I'd be like, ah, you're welcome. All right, Deborah, I'm sorry your husband left you and is cheating on you with your secretary. I know your life's being really difficult, but the least you can do is say please and thank you, okay? Your Escalade won't cover up the fact that you peaked in your early 20s and everything has been downhill ever since. All right, that might have hit a little bit too close to home for some soccer moms watching this video, and I didn't mean it. But real talk, people would treat me like I was a slave just because I worked at this grocery store and and they were a soccer mom. Like, I get it, you know, your kids in kicking and screaming, Will Ferrell's probably coaching him to do soccer or whatever but that doesn't mean you're any better than me not to mention these girls could never park all right part of my job was i had to go in the parking lot and collect shopping carts which is terrible by the way asphalt in 115 degrees is sweaty and miserable but i'm telling you the soccer moms that were always driving these hundred thousand dollar suvs never knew how to park them taking up five parking spaces Sometimes they would just park in the handicapped spot. One girl, this is crazy, a soccer mom, had the guts to park sideways across two handicapped spaces because she didn't want her new Escalade to get scratched. Like, ah, you know what, Helen Keller, I know you're in a wheelchair and you're blind, but uh, park in the back because mommy just got a new SUV and it cost a pretty penny, so um, I'm not parking back there. That's all on you. Like, these are the type of people that I was dealing with on a daily basis. Not to mention, I don't know what exactly was going on with my coworkers, but they all had a little bit too much pride to be working at this grocery store. One of them got a tattoo, a tattoo with the name of our grocery store. And I don't know about you, but I've never loved a business enough to get my name tattooed on it. Like, ah, man, Walmart's really killing it, man. I'm really just going to get a Walmart tattoo to show my gratitude for this company. People are weird. People are really weird. But after dealing with soccer moms all day, you would think, you know, our management would have our back. No, 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 no. Our managers were the worst people ever. They would just throw you down in front of the bus as hard as humanly possible anytime necessary. This next story is something that still makes me mad to this day. One day I was stocking shelves with headphones in because that's what you do. We were allowed to wear headphones as long as we were stocking shelves because it's more important to get the stock up than it is to deal with people. And usually, you know, when you see someone with headphones in, you leave them alone because that's just what you do. If someone has headphones in, it doesn't matter. And if people were going to interrupt me while I was talking shelves, they would usually tap me on the shoulder. Excuse me, do you know where this is? And that's fine. You know, I'm totally, totally cool because guess what? That's nice. If you're going to tap me on the shoulder, excuse me. I know you're busy. Can you help me find this? No problem. No hesitation. Absolutely. But one day, but one day, I'm sitting here stocking shelves, probably listening to, uh, I don't know, something edgy. Let's uh, let's be cool here. I'm listening to like uh, Screamo, okay? I-, I wasn't really, but you guys get the idea. I have to act like I'm cooler than I actually am. And this lady grabs my shoulder and twists me around and is like yelling at my face and I can't hear her because I have my music turned up. So I pull my headphones out and she goes, hey, idiot, where's the bread? And I respond with, okay, that was pretty rude. Um, It's on aisle six. And she's like, what did you just say to me? And I said, well, that's pretty rude. And she's like, what do you mean that's rude? You work here. It's your job to help me. And I was like, yeah, but you could be nice about it. You don't have to grab me on the shoulder and pull me around like I'm a rag doll. 
And I guess this lady was just having a bad day because she goes, all right, well, we're going to go find your manager. And she grabs me by the arm and starts trying to drag me down the aisle towards the front of the store. And I don't know about you, but I ain't getting manhandled by no creepy old woman, okay? Liver spots on your hands. Those things might be contagious. So I just pull my arm away and I guess she's like, oh, you just attacked me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, we have security cameras that can see that you just grabbed me, right? And she's like, well, your job is mine. You're getting fired today, blah, 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 blah. And thankfully there was a cool manager working, okay? So she goes up there. And she's talking to the cool manager. And the way these grocery stores worked is there was a manager and then there was a manager manager that was always at work. And so my manager has my back and is like, you can't grab people and drag them up to the front of the store. That's not how it works. Like if you have a complaint, you can file it, but you can't, you know, grab the kid and then be mad. And she's like, well, I wasn't rude. All I did was ask for help. And I said, no, 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 no. You grabbed me, spun me around and screamed at me for help and told me that it was my service to help you. And like, it is, but you could just be nice. It's not hard to just be a nice person. Okay. Like I was a 16 year old kid working in a grocery store. You you really think it was my job to wake up every day and be rude to you? No, like, I'm sorry that I didn't serve you the way you wanted to be served, but you could have been nice about it. And I probably would have been better to you too. And so my manager has my back. And so she goes, well, let me see your manager. So my manager manager comes out and he says, oh, I'm so sorry that Ryan was rude to you. We will handle this immediately. Sends me home for the day and makes me apologize to the lady. I didn't apologize, by the way, but he's in my face. He's like, you need to apologize. I'm like, I'm not going to apologize. And he's like, well, then you're going to get written up. So I took getting written up because I'm not going to apologize to a lady that was rude to me for no reason. But that's the type of stuff that would usually happen. If the customer was wrong, it didn't matter because the customer is always right in their eyes. Like, I'm pretty sure a customer could have actually stabbed me with the key to their BMW and I would have had to apologize for walking into their key. That's the type of stuff that would happen at this store. Like one time, a co-worker of mine was in the parking lot moving around carts, got hit by a car, and our manager manager apologized and gave the guy who hit him coupons. You're not hearing that wrong. My friend got hit by a car and the store apologized. How does that work? Oh man, I'm so sorry that you ran into our worker. Here's a coupon for a free piece of meat that you'll probably leave in the cart and leave expired milk in the parking lot anyways. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about people that work at these jobs, but every manager I've ever had just uh, makes me actually want to jump out of a window. I've had one other job since and my manager experiences weren't any better, but I've got a few more stories about this place, okay? Never work at a grocery store. That's my experience. Something else that would happen is people given any power whatsoever would go on these massive power trips. And I've already talked about bad managers, but there was these like positions that weren't really positions, you know, like it was a a magic badge that was basically like, ah, good work. Here's a gold star. So there was an assistant CSM, which is basically the manager that was below the manager manager had an assistant manager. They didn't get paid more. They didn't really have any power. It was just a title that they were given to make them feel better and make people stay at the store. And people would use this power, okay? Like, I remember one time, this lady was in the break room and someone wouldn't get off the couch and she's like, well, I am an AACSM. All right, yeah, you're an assistant to a manager's assistant. Uh, Okay, Dwight Schrute, you want the kid to get off the couch because you have a job that means absolutely nothing? Like, that's like being like, ugh, Scrubby did tell me I'm the number one subscriber, so you guys need to vacate the lunch table immediately. Don't do that. You just look like a jerk. I mean, really, you're you're assistant manager at a grocery store and you're going to abuse the people that work below you? Like, what? what's the point of that? You don't look cool. You just look lame. Moral of the story is it's not that hard to just be a decent person, okay? Don't be rude to people for no reason. Don't grab kids that you don't know by the shoulder and yell at them because they don't want to help you find the bread because they're busy. Don't apologize to people who hit your workers with their car because that just doesn't make any logical sense. And most importantly, don't get too invested in the workplace, okay? I worked at that job for a year. I have all these stories from it. 
And not once was I ever massively emotionally invested. Why? Because I knew it was just a job. I showed up, I worked hard, and I went home. And that's what's important when you get your first job. Don't get involved in drama, don't get involved in the politics. Show up, get paid, go home. And I guarantee you, you'll have an easier time. But I, I gotta make you guys work for it, I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> let's just say it gets very, very complicated very quickly. It'll probably be like a 25 minute video. This one's pretty quick though, so I figured I could knock it out and uh, entertain you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the time that the uh, girl that I took on the worst first date ever put a curse on me because I did not want to date her. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, there was some witchcraft, some hocus pocus, some Harry Potter tomfoolery going on because I uh, didn't, didn't want to date her anymore. No, you're not hearing that wrong. She actually tried to cast a curse on me because she thought she was a pagan witch that could control the tides of Satan in order to punish me for not wanting to date her. So as I said in the last time, she expected a second date, so let's just get this out of the way. She kept texting me two, three times a day, basically being like, oh, when's the second date? When's the second date? When's the second date? And I would kind of be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm super busy with homework. I, I can't. Classes are scheduled. Maybe we should uh, re plan on it next semester because I was not planning on coming back next semester because YouTube was taking off, so I was like, I'll get out of Dodge crazy lady won't know that I'm gone because anybody that's house smells like a dead rat I definitely don't want as my enemy because I will become the dead rat You know what I mean? Uh, and then one day after class because I did have one class with her She corners me and she goes all right So when are we going on a second date and I go well, you know, I, I actually didn't feel like the first one went that well uh, I don't feel like we should go on a second date and I guess this really rubbed her the wrong way because her response was just pure shock and horror And she's like no, you're you're lying our date went amazing like of course you want to go on a second one You're kidding and I'm like yeah, no, no, I'm not she's like well, we're going on a second date I'm like yeah, that, that's not how this works lady I don't know if she was familiar with how dating is supposed to work But I'm pretty sure both sides have to want to be dating for things to uh operate functionally Not quite sure if she was aware of the fact that you can't just force someone to date you But uh, I, I was not able to get chained to a basement to go out with this girl and at this point I'm still trying to be polite I'm like yeah you know I just don't really think we had good chemistry uh, I didn't tell her it's because she listened to country music kissed like a dead fish and uh, smelt like one too I just kind of tried to keep it cordial I just didn't think things were gonna work out between us and best of luck going forward all that good stuff and you know I, I guess it wasn't enough because she started trying to tell me that I had to go out with her because she had her tea leaves red and it said that her soulmate was gonna be a Gemini and I'm a Gemini and I was like alright well there's a lot of people that are born in May so I'm not really understanding what that has to do with me like oh that's like being like your soulmate will be a girl well th that really narrows it down to 50% of the population really going out on a limb here think it could be any of you so this girl's clearly a little bit delusional, a little bit crazy because she's just not understanding that I do not want to go on another date with her. So after kind of getting it through to her that I do not want to go on another date, I think problem solved, you know, it's a little awkward. She might hate me now, but at least I've handled it. And I, after this semester, I'll never have to see her again. And that's when the voicemails start coming through. Uh, you say, instead of just texting me two, three times a day, now she's texting me five, six times a day, basically saying that we are going to date and it's not my choice and how I'm going to pick her up at seven on Friday. And she starts leaving voicemails about how Friday we're going on our second date and here's what she expects and I'll pick her up at seven. So she's basically trying to, I don't know, convince me that we have a date Friday at seven. And I'm like, yeah, I I'm not going out with you. Like we are not going on another date. So the week gets increasingly closer and closer to Friday. You know, we're approaching it's Wednesday. She's still, Oh, you ready for Friday? You ready for Friday? And I'm just ignoring her at this point. I'm leaving her on red. I think I actually responded with red at, and then the time just to really get it through to her that I am ignoring you. I am not responding. This is not happening. We are not going on a date. 
it's not gonna happen. And of course, with crazy people, it doesn't work. So she just goes, haha, you're funny. Uh, I'll see you at seven on Friday. So Friday comes and seven o'clock passes and I get a text and then a call and then another text and a call asking where I am and if she's being stood up. And I guess, yeah, I did stand her up, but um, we weren't going on a date. I don't know how I can stand you up for a date that I never made. That's like a doctor calling you saying, you missed your appointment. You're like, I never made an appointment. And they say, yeah, well, we made it for you. This girl is clearly a little crazy. And at this point, I I'm getting a little spooky because the messages are getting progressively more aggressive. Basically saying how I don't want to challenge her because she's a pagan witch and she will cast a spell on me and she'll curse me and my future generations of my family. So I better come over and get her now. If I'm not there by eight o'clock, she's going to cast a curse on me. And I, I personally don't believe in pagan witchcraft. I don't subscribe to that. Uh, I hate to break it to you. I don't exactly believe that uh, Hermione Granger over here was actually going to be able to put a curse on me. But sure enough, 8 o'clock comes and passes and I get a video from her basically doing like a ritual. There's like a, <laughs> like a star. I don't even know how to explain it. It wasn't a star, but there's a little thing on the middle of the ground. And she like says some words in Latin or whatever. And she's like, now you're cursed and you will never find your true love, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of counterproductive because if you think you're my true love, then wouldn't cursing me not to find you be like, you're never going on a date with me, whatever, idiot. And uh, she put this curse on me. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, you're a little bat, bat shit crazy. That's the only way to say it. Let's be honest here. Let's cut out the middleman. Now, at this point, I'm pretty entertained, okay? Because the girl that's claiming that I'm supposed to marry her just said that I will never find the love of my life. So I'm showing my roommates all this, and we're all giggling because it, it is kind of funny, all right? I know what you're thinking. Ryan, why aren't you scared? No, I'm not afraid of a girl that smells like a dead rat putting a curse on me. I was afraid of her crawling in my window at night with a butcher knife, but that's an entirely different story. Uh, she didn't actually do that, you know? It's just scary. Once somebody claims that they're putting a curse, on you you kind of expect the worst from them it's not a good second date move to start with a curse like if you're gonna go on a second date i would not open with so you know if you don't marry me i'm basically gonna curse you to be alone forever because that's what you deserve I, it's not a good way to get a third date or uh, a second one so i'm showing all my roommates and they're like well you should mess with her and i'm like oh, okay so i respond and i go ah oh, man you cursed me so that means that we can never date and she's like no, no no the only person you're ever allowed to love is me it's like a loophole i'm like ah dang you know i didn't know i was talking to a pagan witch and a lawyer you know she worked in the contractual loopholes that way I could still date her and uh <laughs> at this point I, I'm really telling her I'm like look you know I I don't want to be with somebody who's cursed me and she's like oh no well in pagan witchcraft like a curse isn't that big of a deal because if you date the witch that cursed you then they can just reverse it really easily like it's really easy for me to reverse the curse I'm like well can you reverse the curse and she's like no I'm like well I'll take you on a date if you reverse the curse and she's like no you have to take me on a date before I reverse the curse and I, I'm not gonna be with this girl like there's no way I'm taking this girl on another date first of all I don't believe in the curse and, and second of all if the curse is for me to never find my true love, then like, I'll just die alone. I'm cool with it. No big deal. No skin off my back. I'll just be chilling in the YouTube house with, with my friends forever. I'll be a 95 year old man doing nothing but <laughs> making story time videos on the internet with CSGO Surf Gameplay. And you might be thinking that it ends there. No, 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 no. You see, she doesn't leave me alone after this. After you've cursed me, after I've told you I'm still not going to date you even after I've been cursed, you'd think you'd get the hint and be like, let me leave him alone. But instead, I get more and more and more texts basically saying that we're meant to be together and she's reconfirmed that her soulmate is going to be a Gemini. So I ask her, you know, if your soulmate's supposed to be a Gemini, what makes you so sure that it's going to be me? And she's like, well, our first date went amazing. So at this point, I break it down for her. I go, look, our first date was terrible. Here's why. Here's every reason I feel like it was the worst first date I've ever been on. Da, 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 da. And she's like, no, 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 it wasn't bad. Like, you're just thinking about it wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, so how am I thinking about it wrong if that's just how I feel? Like, I know people can be wrong, but that's like going up to somebody and they're like, oh, what color is that? And you say green and they're like, no, it, it's blue. You're like, no, it's green. And they're just like, no, 
it's it's blue from now on. And then if you continue to say that it's green or blue or whatever I said, I forgot, then they're gonna put a curse on you where you're never gonna be able to see colors again. That That's the situation I'm in. So here I am with Hermione Granger putting curses on me, basically telling me that I don't have the right to think that our first date went badly because it, it's not my decision, okay? The tea leaves have told her that she's gonna marry me. And I don't remember ever signing the news waiver that said, um, uh, that tea leaves decide my future, but come on, like, if tea leaves were actually an accurate way of telling the future, you think the government would be out here having psychics read the tea leaves, be like, when's North Korea gonna strike? But they're not, because it's not, it's just not true. And look, if you believe in pagan witchcraft or whatever, that's cool, but don't try to curse me to make me date you. That's like a terrible way to get through. How did you and dad meet, mom? Well, honey, I cursed him and basically told him that if he uh, didn't date me, he would never be able to find true love, so he was stuck with me because that's all he could offer. It's not exactly a good romantic love story, alright? You know, it's not falling in love in Paris on a European vacation or whatever. It's forcing me to like you because you're too lazy and stupid to understand that I just don't want to date you. It's really not rocket science. And even then, guys, it doesn't end there. There was some more stuff in our class, but that's that's part three, okay? That's the one we're gonna get to. I actually did end up getting the curse lifted off me, but that's part of part three as well. And the way I got it off was pretty interesting to say the least. But uh, that's gonna do it for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did, be sure to press the like button. 20,000 likes and I will drop part three. It's a doozy of a story. Uh, for, for anybody out there, I actually do have the curse lifted off to me and I am looking for my soulmate. So anybody uh, interested, please apply at christianmingle.com backslash uh, SoundCloud rapper. That's my, my new profile over there. It's going to be pretty intense. I will warn you that there is stiff competition from pagan witches all across the world trying to curse me to make me be their man. So uh, be gentle. Be gentle, please. But I'm going to be telling you guys about the dumbest thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. Like, I'm actually 99% sure that somebody should have died while we were doing this. There's no way that we should have been able to get away with scot-free. And by we, I mean me, okay? I, as you know, most stories on the channel fend around uh, me being a little stupid, and this story's going to be no exception. So yeah, let's get into it. But before we do, press the like button. Otherwise, um, y you see this game we're playing right here? Yeah, your life will actually be spent being the people I go against, so you're going to get headshotted with a Glock quite a bit and uh, gang gang is get it let's get into it so when i was 15 years old i had a few older friends you know that's how it works age is a thing and uh, a few of them had licenses and we were gonna actually have a few days off of school in early february you know so i, I guess like a couple weeks ago but four years ago you know oh my god i'm getting old guys I i'm starting to feel like you know when your grandparents like ah 27 years ago i had to walk uphill both ways in the snow that's how i feel except instead of the 50s it's more like uh back when little wayne was still popular like th that's that's the type of stories i'm telling all right so whatever my friends can drive and they're like, hey, we have a couple days off of school. My dad has a cabin up on the mountain. We can go play in the snow and have a good time. And I'm like, bang, that sounds great. Can I come? And they're like, yeah, of course, Rob. We love you. Uh, I think they just pity the fact that nobody else wanted to hang out with me. But sick. Everything's sick. I'm going to go spend some time with my friends up in a cabin. So the day comes and we hop in the car and we're flying up there. We're having a good time. And of course, you know, we get up to some normal teenage activities. I'll let your imagination fill in the blanks there because I'm not trying to incriminate myself. Susan, please leave me alone. The apocalypse is hitting me hard enough. I don't need you to make it any worse. Please leave me alone. So after uh, downing a few uh, <laughs> pieces of liquid courage... And overall, just having a good time for a few hours, we decide that it's time to go sledding. And uh, let me let me tell you something really simple. 
Um, liquid courage and sledding don't mix together very well. In fact, I would say they mix together quite poorly. Not once has anybody had the experience with liquid courage being hydrated and then gone, huh, physical activities where you go really fast and might be able to get hurt go really well together. But for some reason, me and my friends were just too stupid to put two and two together, probably be- because of the fact that we were getting hydrated. So we trek through the snow for a little bit and end up at the top of this ginormous hill. And I don't know what happened at this hill, but there was just trash all at the bottom of it. It looked like people were just kind of dumping their trash on the side of the road and, and the hill happened to be there and at the bottom of this hill in the pile of trash is an old lazy boy recliner the ones that have those big circular wooden things at the bottom of it that kind of lets them swivel around i think you guys know what i'm talking about and if you don't well uh, it's it's a big recliner chair okay don't think too hard about it jimmy don't don't worry your pretty little head go into the corner eat some glue do what you got to do i know you don't know what a recliner looks like so whatever we go up the hill we're slipping and sliding and sledding on these plastic sleds having the time of our lives going really quickly and then somebody goes hey i bet you we could sled on the recliner chair and i'm like oh that's a great idea and they all decide that i'm gonna be the one to do it why is pretty simple i I was really big into skating in high school so people assumed that i was just naturally going to do everything stupid because i i magically had some powers like a cat that prevented me from getting hurt which is true i guess i knew how to fall better than them but just because i used to skate doesn't mean that like you know i i can't get hurt as if like ah that's the moral to all stories you know guys if you don't want to get injured just to ride a skateboard for a week and suddenly nothing bad can ever happen to you ever and keep in mind most of us are pretty hydrated at this point not many of us have common sense so i'm like yeah sure it sounds like a great idea in retrospect it was a terrible idea i don't know how they got me to do it but they did so we go down we pick up this recliner chair it takes like five of us to bring it up to the top of the hill and this is already after sledding going really fast and i I hop in the chair and i go down the first time and it's completely uneventful i go flying and i get to the end and i'm like oh that was really fun that was a great time that was impressive and then somebody goes oh i was watching tv the other day and i guess these recliner chairs like burn really easily they light on fire really easily and you might be thinking huh fire and sledding and hydrated people probably not the best idea and at this point i was still kind of confused on where he's going with this oh that's cool I, i guess this chair is really cool when it's on fire not understanding where where we're going with this and then somebody goes oh ryan you should go down the hill in the chair while it's on fire and i'm like yeah, yeah, this, this is a good idea. What I should have done, what I should have done in retrospect is, no, that's a terrible idea. Sliding down a hill at m- fast speeds while being lit on fire just isn't a good idea. We shouldn't do this. But, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't want to look like a wimp in front of my friends. And there were girls there, you know, and I was trying to look tough. I was trying to look cool. Be like, hey, yo, little mama, you want a real man that can almost light himself on fire and a lazy boy to impress you while going downhill on a snow slope? Uh, that must be why no girls really talk to me at this point, you know? Ha <laughs> ha. Who wants to date the guy? It's like the Darwinism Award. Like, I was trying to just end my life earlier than it needed to be. But hey, you know, let, let's hop in this flaming lazy boy and go down the hill. So we bring the chair back up. And at this point, once it gets to the top and I'm looking down, I'm like, hey, maybe it's not a good idea to sled down this hill on fire. But of course, I've already told my friends that I'm going to. So they're hyped. Everyone's like, yeah, I got their phones out ready to film it. We're good to go. We're having a great time. And I go, yeah, I don't know if I should do this. And of course, the collective shouting of all my friends telling me not to be a... Uh, um, a, a uh, female reproductive organ, except uh, not, not in the nice way of saying it. Susan, Susan, please, please don't demonetize me. I, I didn't say the word. Don't do it. Come on, be nice. 
But I'm still like, guys, I really don't think this is a good idea. I do not want to do this. There is not a single part of me that is sitting on top of this hill on this lazy boy going, the only thing that can make this better is me being on fire, all right? You know, Marshmallow, I'm not trying to be flaming Marshmallow, okay? Let's just not do this. We'll call it off. I'll slide down on the lazy boy. Everyone will get their videos. We'll have a good time. And they're like, no, bro, come on. It's not that big of a deal. You're not going to get hurt. Come on. Come on. You skate. Yeah, I skate. What does that have to do with fire? You really think my skateboard's on fire ever? What? But whatever. I, I get peer pressured into it. Peer pressure is a real thing. Anybody who thinks peer pressure is not real has clearly never been peer pressured. And let's all peer pressure the people who haven't been peer pressured into thinking peer pressure is a thing because I'm pretty sure that's how that works and we could get away with it. So I'm sitting in the lazy boy and uh, they, they, they douse a little bit of gasoline around the edges and they light it on fire. And you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, Ryan, are you alive? Do you have third degree to burns all over your legs? Thankfully, I don't. But it's on fire and I'm sitting here and I'm looking down the hill and I'm like, this is a bad idea. And they all start to push me towards the crest of the hill, towards where I'm going to start going really, really, really fast downhill. Because um, that's what sledding is, for those of you who don't know. I, I don't know why I'm describing to you what sledding is, but uh, that that's what it is. And so I'm flying down this hill. And like I said, I got going in the Lazy Boy. I guess the weight of it combined with gravity just was really making me fly downhill. And uh, by all accounts, considering the Snapchat videos that were posted on people's stories, I basically looked like the Flash when he's running so fast around the world that it's going to backwards in time, you know? Like where there's literally flames around his body. That's what I looked like. The way I would like to describe it is imagine a kebab that's been bursted into flames and then thrown down a snowy hill. That That's the picture. And so here I am flying down, and I don't remember saying anything, but in the Snapchat videos, you just hear me going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And as I'm going, I don't have control over it, because you kind of have to lean in the chair. And to get away from the flames that are creeping up on the left-hand side of the chair, I'm leaning to the right, which causes the chair to start steering towards the right, towards a giant pile of trash, which we had just gotten the Lazy Boy out of before we decided to light it on fire and send me down like a Sputnik cosmonaut for the first time going into space, okay? We were literally more advanced than Mexico's now. NASA. That's all I'm trying to say. I at least got airborne for 33 seconds when I hit this pile. So here I am going through the sky like a flaming marshmallow that no one has ever seen before and and, and just freaking out because I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. There's no way I can survive this. I'm about to re-enter the atmosphere going Mach 27 on a flaming lazy boy. No one's ever survived this before. So as I start coming down from the atmosphere on the flaming lazy boy, I realize that I'm still a solid six feet off the ground. And I'm realizing this because all I see is snow coming straight for me because in the air it's flipped. And the last thing I want to do is get stuck underneath the flaming lazy boy because the only thing worse than being on top of it is being underneath it slowly cooked alive like a Thanksgiving turkey that your Aunt Susan has left in the oven for too long. That's not what I'm going for. Sorry, Aunt Susan, your turkey kind of sucks. No one has the heart to tell you because you worked hard on it, but literally no one is going to eat this bird as soon as you leave the room. So I kick myself off the chair like I push off of it with my feet and I go flying into the snow and, and basically at this point I'm breaking my fall with my face, which did not feel very good, but it felt a lot better than being burned alive by a lazy boy. And the chair goes just plopping to the ground next to me, still on fire, and I hear like this, because the snow's coming in contact with the flames, and, and all my friends are just running down the hill going, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay? So I get up and my nose is bleeding, and I mean there's blood everywhere, and if you've ever seen blood on snow, it does not look very pretty, okay? I'm basically looking like the ending scene of The Shining, where he's frozen and stuff right now. It's just not a good situation. And they're like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, my nose hurts. My nose hurts. My nose hurts. It really, really hurts. And they're like, oh my gosh, we can't tell your parents because how are we going to explain the fact that we made you get on a chair that was on fire and push you down a hill? And keep in mind, I'm younger than all of them too. So they get me back and they put ice on my nose and I'm 95% sure that my nose is broken at this point. But uh, we were still up here for three days 
So one of them goes, oh, my dad's a doctor. I can set your nose. And I'm like, oh, sick. This is a good idea. So he grabs my broken nose and like adjusts it. And it hurts so, so bad. It hurts so bad. I don't think he did it right. But I didn't tell my parents about any of it. Okay. I go home. My mom's like, oh, your nose looks like it's a little red. I'm like, oh, yeah, it must just be from the cold. No big deal. Ha ha. Oh, oh, what happened? What's that bruise on your face? Oh, you know, when we were running around playing tag at night, I I ran into a a branch. And she's like, okay, no problem. Because parents don't think things through. I guess they did thought that I I somehow almost broke my nose on a tree. I don't know, mom. Come on. You should have paid closer attention. And uh, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever done. I basically slid down a hill while on a fire in a lazy boy and miraculously ended up with uh, eight lives left because I'm a cat and everyone knows it. And um, I I caught some air. I was basically more advanced than the uh, space programs of most countries. I can't. That's not how this works because I don't have another one. This is the finale of this. So, uh, yeah, basically, for those of you guys who haven't seen the first two videos, I took a girl on a first date. She smelt really bad. She liked country music. She kissed like a dead fish. And um, she tried to convince me that I had to marry her. Like, after the first date that we were meant to be in, if I didn't marry her, she was going to put a curse on me. So, she put a curse on me, basically saying that I would never find the love of my life, wouldn't leave me alone, started giving me letters all the time, and was overall just being an absolutely crazy psychopath, right? So, uh, (laughs) this is what happened after. Let's get into it, guys. Press the like button, by the way. So you would think after me telling her that I didn't want to marry her and her putting a curse on me and me still not dating her, she might have gotten the hint that I just really wanted nothing to do with her. But uh, instead of me blocking her number or anything, she decided that that was just a challenge, you know? If, if a guy blocks your number, it's just a test to see if you're really committed to making him love you. And uh, it's not. If someone blocks your number, they're blocking your number. Stop texting them, you weirdo. So as I mentioned, we had a class together. And she would basically, every day, bring like a note to class. Basically a front and back letterhead but on the letter it was never English it was like this chicken scratch scribbled Latin writing and when I would ask her what it was she would tell me it was details about the curse she put on me so that way I just knew what I was getting myself into if I didn't date her like ah what a considerate crazy witch girlfriend you know she's just letting you know that if you don't date her she's just gonna keep going ahead reminding you every little bit what your curse is except in a language you can't read I don't I don't really know what she was going for here it's kind of like a bank reminding you that you're missing your payments or like overdraft to your account, except uh, with with hocus pocus tomfoolery and cursing me and saying that if I don't date her, I'm basically going to spend the rest of my life alone. So pretty PG family friendly stuff. Uh, quick intermission to remind you to press the subscribe button because we're literally so close to 100k, I can taste it the same way I can still taste the curse on my family. And so, like I said in the last story, there was harassment over text, but now that it was in person and I'm getting a letter every day, I'm just saving them because I can just tell that this lady is going to snap. There's no way a person putting curses on people and threatening them is not going to go a little bit more ballistic. And of course, I'm absolutely right. A few more weeks after receiving these chicken scratch letters every day and uh, all of them smelling like rat feces and me having to keep them outside of my dorm in like a little cubby hole that I made in a bush just because I didn't want to smell it. She does the unthinkable. I walk into class and on a piece of paper on the note is a dead mouse. No, I'm not kidding you. I walked into class ready to study some Shakespearean English. I don't even remember what class it was. And sitting there on my desk is a dead mouse. Like, what a a weird thing to wake up to, you know? I had just woken up. It's an 8 a.m. class. I walk on in, ready to deal with a crazy psychopathic witch, and sitting there is a dead mouse? No, thank you. So at this point, after class, I go up to her, and I'm like, look, I'm going to have to report you to the dean's office. This is harassment. Like, I need you to stop. Please stop. I don't want to get you kicked out of school. I don't want to get you in trouble. But I really just do not think that I can continue going on with you leaving dead animals on my desk. Notes, whatever. They're funny. I guess. 
like in a weird way. But when you're leaving dead mice on my desk, I'm really not a fan. So I basically tell her that if I get another note, I am going to report it to the dean's office. I don't know what my options are at this point. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't want to snitch, but I also don't want more mice to die for her to leave this curse on me, okay? Like, I feel bad for poor Stuart Little out here. He just got adopted. Now his life was cut short. That's not good for anybody. That's some bad karma all around. So the look on her face is kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, I know you won't do it. And the next day, I, I walk into class, and sure enough, there's the note. A note. No dead mouse this time, but a note. And I look at her, and I walk back out of class. I go straight to the dean's office. I walk in. I make an appointment. I tell him, this girl's going crazy. Like, she's harassing me. And he doesn't believe me. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you're being harassed by a girl. And that's when I whip out the stack of... 50 to 60 notes that I had been getting at least three times a week that reminded me of the curse. And I go, these are the notes she's giving me every day. And his face is kind of like, oh, like I, I, maybe maybe you are getting harassed. And then I bring up the fact that there was a dead mouse on my desk when I walked into class this day. And he was like, oh, yeah, may, maybe this is a little bit of harassment. I'm like, yeah, I, I know it is. Thank you for not believing me. I know it's ridiculous to assume that the 6'3" foot like six foot three tall kid is getting harassed by a witch but it's going on all right this is not the avengers this is not a good scarlet witch moment i am not vision i'm getting harassed i'm not a fan of it and so he goes all right well we're gonna make an appointment so she can like plead her case i'm like yeah because i don't i don't want her to get in trouble so i tell him i just want her to leave me alone i don't want her to get expelled i don't want her to get in trouble i literally just want to be left alone that's all i want at this point i don't want anyone's life to get ruined so anyways, we get a meeting and we both walk in and I'm, I'm expecting her to be like, oh, maybe I've gone a little bit too far. I'm a little crazy. My educational career is on the line here because I've been harassing this guy. I'll drop the whole act. But she basically starts yelling at the dean that he's an idiot for trying to keep us apart and she'll curse him too. And uh, moral of the story, if somebody's like, hey, I'm going to have to expel you from school, the best option is not to threaten them with a curse like you're a pagan witch, all right? And all I'm imagining during this is that the dean's secretary is sitting outside listening to the screaming praying to her little uh, I, I, whatever she prays to that she doesn't get cursed by some evil witch sitting in there screaming at the dean you know like imagine some poor innocent lady she barely spoke any English and she's just oh no please don't curse me witch lady like but I felt so bad for the poor girl because this girl sounds terrifying when she's screaming all about it and the dean has this look on his face like in my 30 years of experience I have never experienced anything of this crazy like some old ass bald white dude sitting here getting yelled at basically to that there's a pagan witch on his campus that is going to curse him if he keeps her away from me. And uh, the look on his face is absolutely priceless. It's one of those things where you're just kind of like enjoying the moment in a bad way. Like it's watching a train wreck, all right? This is a disaster. This girl is definitely not going down well. However, it's hilarious because she's screaming at our dean that she's going to curse him. So the dean finally gets her to calm down and goes, look, we're going to change your classes. If you talk to him, if you annoy him anymore, you are going to get expelled. This is not a joke. This is not funny. This is not witchcraft. If you mess with Ryan anymore, you will be expelled. And she goes, that's fine. Well, you won't expel me. I'll use my magic, blah, 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 blah. As if, like, your magic's clearly not working, okay? Clearly, your magic is not up to snuff if we're in the situation we're in. If your magic worked, I'd be in love with you. But I'm not. But whatever, crazy witch lady, this is fine. Like, you're just gonna get yourself expelled. It's gonna be fine. So sure enough, after the meeting, literally the next morning, I get a knock on my dorm room door. And I'm, like, expecting it to be a friend of mine. It's a little early, but that's okay. And sitting there in a full-on witch outfit is goth girl basically saying that 
no decree of the dean can keep us apart and she knows we're meant to be together and yesterday after the meeting the dean had given me his card because he realized how absolutely insane this girl is so i i call him and i let him know what's going on and he says what's your dorm room number so i give him the dorm room number and i in a few minutes campus security comes up and i tell them the whole situation and they basically say all right well the dean wants to see both of you so we both walk over to the dean's office and sit down and the dean goes you're expelled and the girl's like no i'm not and he's like yes you are I, I told you the only thing you had to do to not be expelled the only thing you had to do not to be expelled was leave ryan alone and so she's like no i'm not getting expelled which is a weird response that's like the police arresting you and you're like no i'm just not this is this is not illegal anymore bank robbery is now fine because i'm a witch obviously so basically <laughs> i'm sitting here not knowing what to do and he goes are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine i don't i don't want her to get in trouble it's just it's getting a little weird. There's dead mice involved. There's letters. She's showing up at my dorm room. I don't know how she figured out where I live. This is the weird part of the situation is I I don't know what else to do other than like other than get her expelled, right? Because I don't want this crazy girl showing up in my in my well, I don't want to get human sacrificed. Like listen, I'm still confused. A year later trying to tell this story. I'm still super confused. So she continues to argue with the dean, basically saying that she's not expelled. So at this point, the dean calls in security, and they have to forcibly remove her from the campus and tell her not to come back. And he basically says that if she comes back again, the real police will be involved because she'll be cited for trespassing. And after this, I'm talking to the dean just, like, about the situation. He goes, you know, in, in all my years of being a dean, I have never seen a girl more crazy. I don't know what you did, but she was in love with you, man. And I was like, yeah. Well, you know, a good way to get me to fall in love with you is not to give me a dead rat on a piece of paper. I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm not a big fan of uh, Chuck E. Cheese, especially after their gross pizza mishap. That was disgusting. But I definitely don't want a dead rat on my desk as a symbol of love. Because to be honest, that has nothing to do with love, okay? Not once I've ever been sitting there watching a rom-com and been like, Oh, Ryan Gosling, you get the girl way easier with a dead rat. Come on, bro. So yeah, as bad as I feel for uh, snitching a little bit, I feel like I had to do what I had to do. And she got herself expelled more than anything by threatening to put curses on everybody. So if you are a witch and you are going to get talked to by the dean after trying to forcibly put a love curse on somebody, maybe don't threaten them too. It's not a good look. And then don't show up at the person's house the next morning because that's definitely not a good look whatsoever. But yeah, on that note, guys, that's going to do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed. I've got to go get on a plane in like 20 minutes. I have all the videos scheduled out. Don't worry, my little children. I'm just taking a little break, but um, I worked ahead. I worked extra hard to get you guys stories for while I'm gone, so don't stress. Thank you guys so much for the support on this series. It's actually been incredible. It's got like the whole series, I think 40,000 likes already, and there's only two episodes, which is absolutely nuts. I do have a lot more crazy girl stories just because, um, you know, I wish I could say the same, but uh, earlier today I was driving, actually, you know, uh, driving. In, in, in a car and uh i guess i don't know what i did to make this guy mad i must have stepped on the brakes too much or something but whatever and, and as i'm driving i turn around and i see chewbacca with a vape okay he's just puffing mad vape smoke flipping me off like screaming into his uh his dashboard at my car and i'm like oh th this guy's getting some road rage he's pretty mad and i don't really get mad very easily i'm usually a pretty chill dude but something about the shape of this guy's face just made me upset so i look back and as he's looking at me i can tell 
he's kind of like looking at me through the rearview mirror. So uh, I, I just flip him off back, which was not a good idea. I shouldn't have done it. I'm not going to claim that I'm a genius for this move. And so he pulls up next to me while vaping, by the way. He doesn't stop vaping because I guess his nicotine addiction is so bad. Even when he's like seeing red and trying to, you know, run me off the road, he got to still hit that sweet, sweet taste of nicotine. You know, that's more important. Hey, who needs to buckle your seatbelt when you can hit a fat jewel the entire time? And he rolls down his window and starts yelling, and I can hear him. I, it's maybe just the smoke, you know, like the smoke was coming through my window or whatever, or making the sound waves travel better. And all I hear is, pull over, bro, pull over, I'm gonna beat your ass. And I'm like, listen, listen, Chewbacca, hairy man over here, I'm not gonna fight you because you don't like the way I drive my car. Could you imagine me actually fighting Chewbacca because, oh, I don't like the way you press the brakes on your car? Like, if you get road rage, I just really let this sink in. You are letting somebody who is never going to think about you again, ever, ever ruin your day because you don't like the way they're driving their car. In fact, all Chewbacca gave me, I'm gonna get paid to make fun of him for the next three minutes. So in reality, he's taking the fat L here. And so Chewbacca out here is yelling at me to pull over my car because he wants to fight me, right? And I just am laughing at him, which I think makes him angrier because I think when you're actually screaming at somebody to pull over so you can fight them and they just start giggling at you, all you can see is red and you're just like, uh, hey, why is he laughing at me? And I'm like, yeah, bro, because I can clearly, I can smell the mom's basement coming off your breath through the window. I, I don't need to smell your breath. Second of all, I, I get it, dude. Listen, I can see the fedora on your dashboard. I know you're swag and you're probably gonna go home and my lady, somebody on RuneScape or whatever. But I, I just, uh, I can't, man. I can't. This guy is actually trying to fight me because I was driving my car. And I'm not claiming to be the world's greatest driver, but I don't think I could ever fight somebody over this. So the real kicker of this story is eventually he gets really mad and guns in front of me and then slams on the brakes. And I'm like, all right, buddy, you're real mad. You're trying to brake check me. I'm laughing, dude. The entire time, as soon as he brake checks me, I'm like, and story time, bingo. Thanks, man. Th thank you for the content. But I look at his bumper stickers, and he's one of these guys that has like 30 bumper stickers on his car, which I mean, if you do that, that's fine, but your bumper stickers better not be stupid, and these guys were really stupid. One of them, he had a, a, a vape club, because I guess, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just imagining 30 of these guys getting together and being like, yo, this mango pod really is fruity, just, <laughs> just really made my day. I don't know where you get a vape club from, and then the vape club was like, oh, what should we do? Should we get matching shirts? And they were like, no, 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 man, bumper stickers. And then he also had an I Speak Ewok bumper sticker, and I love Star Wars, alright? I'm not gonna lie, I'm a nerd, but Ewoks are like the lamest creature from Star Wars, okay? Out of all the languages you want to speak, out of all the Star Wars languages you're gonna speak, you're gonna speak Ewok? No wonder this guy was mad, his life's terrible, he speaks Ewok, come on. So after he brake checks me, now I'm laughing even harder, because I'm not threatened by the guy, like, I don't want to fight him, but he clearly is a uh, tubby, tubby McTubtubs out here acting like he's hard because he can vape and drive at the same time. I mean, uh, that's distracted driving, man. I'd be careful. The cops might come and take your jewel and call your mom, man. You wouldn't want that. So whatever, he peels out, and I'm like, that that was a good experience. And uh, he also had a sticker on the back with his Instagram, so I decided to do some digging. I pull up the guy's Instagram when I get home. I didn't do well. I was driving because I'm a responsible driver. And what I found was a gold mine of him playing with his katana and talking about how he's planning to go to Japan to learn to be a swordsmith. And uh, this is this is a fat guy, white guy doing this. So like, it is prime neckbeard territory, all right? He's vaping, he's trying to fight me while he's driving, he uses katanas. Uh, I'm really glad that I didn't pull over because he probably would have pulled a katana out of the back seat and uh, karate chopped me fruit ninja style. But regardless, guys, yeah, he, he a fat vaping guy actually tried to fight me because he had road rage, and um, it, it was it was an interesting time to say the least. This literally just happened. Like I got home, and the first thing I did was come record this. So hopefully, you guys are uh, understanding. This is gonna be a short story because that's really all I gotta say. Moral of the story is: if I go missing, you're gonna want to check every neckbeard with a katana's backyard because I might be buried in a barrel.